the Boston Greeks podcast is here and ready to bring Greekness back. everybody, welcome to the Boston Greeks podcast. I am Ari and I am coming to you live with my partner Foti. Say hello Foti. That's who Ari. <laughs> and today we have a very special episode. We have somebody who is, you know, in my opinion, pretty legendary in the Boston scene. I mean, I've seen this kid from the beginning to a grown, full-fledged adult and everything in between. And impressive is like the least I could say about him. But before I get into it, let me turn over to Foti so he could bring him on. And uh, you guys can get to know him. Most of you probably already know him, but you'll get to know him a little better. So, Fati, take it away. What a great intro as always, Ari. You're, you're the intro guy. Let's put it that way. But, yes, <laughs> this you. is another special episode, as, uh, as, as you mentioned. Dear to our hearts, because, you know, being uh, Greek-Americans in the uh, nightlife scene of Boston, our guest this evening, which I have always gone by, Frankie617. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we distinguished, uh, I guess... <laughs> It's, um, it's a lot shorter than my last name. So. Right? <laughs> let, let, let's bring on to the program, um, which I like to consider him as the um, hospitality entrepreneur guru of Boston, Frankie Stavrianopoulos. Frankie, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to be with us. But it's been an honor to have you on because we felt you need to be a part of this podcast. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, uh, it's 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 one of those things where if we, we've done a lot of things on this podcast for kind of the history of the Greek scene, the history of the Boston scene. So as we go forward, we're like, Frankie is absolutely 100% somebody that has to be here to tell his story and to basically maybe even update people on where he is today. But I say we get back to the beginning. Frankie, just how did you get to Boston? What, what I think I remember actually, it was college, right? That brought you here? I was a twinkle in my father's eye in 1979. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I moved here in 1997. I grew up in New York. I uh, was born in Manhattan and lived in Astoria like most Greeks from New York and, you know, in the surrounding Queens areas. And I always had a draw to, to New England and, and Boston. And quite frankly, my, my mother grew up in Peabody before she got married. So I had, you know, my yaya, papu, the whole family was here. So not only was I not one of many kids, Greek kids to leave, or I was one of very few kids that left New York and didn't go to St. John's University or, or community <laughs> college out there. Most kids in my high school did, did the same, but I had the opportunity because I had family here and it was a little bit more comforting that I, I luckily got into Northeastern University and I came here for college. A punk kid from Queens, New York, and I think my first day I was actually wearing a Queens hat when I walked into the Marino Student Center and I see a bunch of Greeks hanging out, cutting class, and uh, playing pool and I, I met people that told me they were my cousins and they ended up actually being my cousins I didn't really realize how small the community was and they took me under their wings and we would cut class together and play pool and and we had our little you know our little group of friends uh that that hung out at the marino center and um you know that's how i got embedded into the greek community uh i was always in the hospitality and kind of nightlife world to some capacity and i was throwing parties here at northeastern before i actually started 
started school when I was uh, at orientation in the middle of the summer. I bought a few pizzas and invited some people, and I had a party in my dorm room, and that's where it all kind of started. <laughs> that, that, call it, that Boston College dorm room beginnings is, like, infamous <laughs> now. That's awesome. I think if I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, the first time I met you, I want to say we were all, you were with some cousins that I knew, and we were all going to Salem on Halloween. That rings a bell because I remember we were dressed as like these like seventies pimps or something, and you were looking at us like we were like nuts. And I was like, I I was like no, you know, gotta bring this kid out. And uh, I remember like you were young. I think this is when you first got here, right? I was seventeen actually. I graduated early from high school, so I was seventeen here. So it was oh, awesome. New city, new conquest. It was it was it was awesome. That that is awesome. So okay, so Northeastern is like the birthplace of like the Frankie mythos. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you started getting into it. The Greek community brought you in, loved you. You kind of were very social. You started having parties and whatnot. How did you go from having a fun time throwing parties to actually making it kind of like your career? I mean, you know, it was always a social element for me and it wasn't, you know, a business at that time. It was just meeting new people. I was always kind of out and about and talking to people. And, you know, I just like everyone else, you're curious, you want to go out. It's about going out and having access and getting into places back then you know places on Lansdowne Street had tens of thousands of people and there was Greek nights every night I mean Wednesdays at Kefi and you name them we were there Mercury Bar it was Mercury Bar right yeah Uh, but I was also kind of on both sides of it I, I didn't just do the Greek thing I was you know into the dance music scene I was into hip hop I, I so I I mean my life was literally school study keep my grades going and I was out Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday and somehow woke up and did class over and over again so so you're you're honestly telling us that you were able to successfully finish college while you were like partying because I know so many people that like literally just got into the party scene and just like dropped everything because they couldn't do it with a degree in sports medicine that's sitting in my underwear drawer right now that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) you know what kudos listen it wasn't it wasn't easy either right there was definitely you know towing the line and 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 I, I don't want to joke about that. I, I There was times where it was difficult and, and I had to kind of pump my brakes and also respect the fact that my parents spent a really good chunk of change to send me to Boston and educate myself and, and all of that. So, yeah, I was I always kind of either worked or held multiple jobs and I still don't sleep to this day. I'm up at like four in the morning racking my brain and, you know, creative ideas. Sometimes the brain doesn't shut off, but... Uh, so that's that's where I res- I respect the I respect that you were able to do what you were doing because like I said you kind of you're at a, a kind of pivotal stage in your life when you're late teens early twenties and you know when you're having too good a time it's real easy to throw out the hard work uh, yeah, but you had a good time but you kept your mind onto the hard work as well so that's we had to I mean you know my parents are immigrants like most of us right at the end of the day. Yep. You know, seeing that check go out and, and you know, not having a scholarship or, or even blowing any financial aid wasn't necessarily an option. So and, and we all come from 
I think most of us, same cloth. Our, our parents worked hard to get us where they are and emigrated here. And, and you know, it was, it was important, you know, to, to finish. I was the first kid in my family to go to college. Like, I wasn't going to let that go either. Oh, good for you. Good for you. So, okay, so let's, uh, so you're doing the college thing, but your, your kind of career in the nightlife industry went way beyond college, right? So what, what happened? Like- I, I, I'm still, still doing it, you know? So obviously older with family and kids now but you know we I threw some of the biggest Greek parties with people like Manos I threw some of the biggest kind of dance music parties with you know international DJs and hip-hop DJs and and a little bit of everything so the network kind of continually grew my resources in New York and beyond you know cities like Miami and Chicago the world is big but it really isn't and this was actually pre-social media pre-internet pre-everything where I think, you know, you, you, you joke, the legend, or not that I consider myself at all, but the word of mouth kind of had more resonating impact than what people kind of see now, because now you can, you can reach out to people that that wasn't a thing back then you picked up the phone, you talked to people, you touched people, and then you built that one on one relationship. Whereas now you can buy followers, you can figure out ways to, you know, manipulate the algorithm. And you can pop like that. It was it was a slow kind of trickle. Okay, so so you you mentioned something. I'm a web professional. I've been a web professional for 20 plus years. I've worked in every aspect of internet. I hate social media. I'm completely anti-social media. Now, what you just mentioned, what are your thoughts doing what you were doing pre-social media and post-social media? Would you go back to pre-social media or do you like the way it is now? A thousand percent. I think social media is a necessary evil i hate it because i have to do it like to nauseam and and daily (laughs) and coming up with content and keeping people's eyes on you is a whole other thing where i came from the world of shaking hands and kissing babies and you know taking people's phone numbers and actually handing them an invitation or a flyer where they remember you and and giving them a reason to want to come see you now everything is diluted everything That's very important what you said, because you had to have a certain skill set and a certain charm and a certain way about you to get people to like be interested. Now it's like they don't know who's behind all this stuff. They don't. don't. And there's a million people that pretend, right? So that you to get through all that noise by the time everyone's attention span now is is less than three seconds or five seconds, right? By the time they get through that noise, they're already disinterested. The, The reality is you you can't even get a proper message across because what you're trying to sell, 57 other people are pretending to sell and they're not real. It's crazy. Nuts. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned something that really uh, kind of struck a chord, the flyering, the flyering of uh, the days <laughs> of, of, of the night nightlife where we'd spend endless days and hours flyering certain streets of the city to get this, to get the message out. Uh, I mean, I, I can even be so, so remiss to say that there was, there was some altercations over flyering at those oh times. Oh my God. And when you're, we bringing, you're bringing so many memories back. When we, <laughs> when, we did, when we did those big Greek nights and when we decided that we we're going to flyer the churches after Sunday liturgy. Smartest got, move ever though. Right? And then you got priests calling our parents saying your son needs to come and clean up the parking lot here because there's a thousand of his flyers here. <laughs> 
That's because one kid got lazy and he didn't want to. He didn't want to actually do the work, and he threw him up in the sky and ran away. Right. <laughs> but those, but those were the methods of our time. Like you mentioned, Frankie, that how important it is that today we miss those elements of the interaction with the actual people that you're catering to. Yeah. And would people want to be catered to this way anyways? I feel like the society that we live in today would. Yeah, the, the younger generation, I don't think would even would know what to awkward. do with, <laughs> with, a, with, a, with like a charming like person talking to them. They'd be like, oh, and put their I, phone I, up I, in front of their head. Let me, let me fast forward. I'm, I'm sitting with my staff and, and, and my partner's generation younger than me. And, and we're sitting with a chef who's a little bit older than me. And I'm sitting with, with everybody. And we're talking about menu and delivery because we're, we're opening up this new beautiful place in the North End. And my mixologist asked a question. He goes, if, if you were to go out, you know, do you want a physical menu or would you prefer to scan a QR code? <laughs> and it was such a generational gap and such a, a schism where everybody over the age of 30 wants a, a physical menu. And all the younger kids were like, no, I'm cool with that. And, and in my head, I go, that's all fine. But us old people want to touch, feel, see. But more importantly, the power of persuasion is, do I have to scan that QR code every five minutes for suggestions? Or do I have a, a menu sitting there and be like, oh, I had that. I tried that that menu item. That looks good. And in my head, it's already being marketed. And I'm like thinking about the next drink. Whereas if it's not on the table, then the process of going through this is tedious. I'm like, let me just get out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> Or I'm done, right? So right. just such a different mindset. Okay, so you, you just mentioned something that you're involved with now. So I want to mm-hmm. I want to touch, I want to get into a little more detail about that. But I still, I, I'm not done with you. Okay. Uh, with my history. We so, so we talked about college, you kind of got into it. At one point, I remember like you and your team, your, your co-guys, you guys were the kind of the promotional crew of Boston. Like everybody knew you guys. Everybody knew knew what you guys were doing your nights were like synonymous with like nightlife yep. like how how did you guys do that how did you guys like pull that off it's it's the same thing it's the word of mouth snowball effect like i said we were booking djs djs were telling djs other djs were telling other djs and they're like listen if you're going to that new england market you have to talk to these guys a company is i'm not a part of it anymore but was and is still called 617 productions you know there's people that still send me we, we we, we we were doing guerrilla marketing before it was guerrilla marketing. We had t-shirts everywhere. We had bumper stickers all over the cities. I still get photos from uh, the Bahamas or, or uh, Bermuda. Sorry, people. There's still stickers from 15 years ago at the airport. Like, this is legitimate. I'll send them awesome. to you. It probably happens three or four times a year, you know. But we were we were those guys that that really kind of moved the needle and and maybe pushed the envelope a little too too much from time to time in a, in a positive way but we didn't care i mean we we wanted to kick down the door and and say we, we're the guys and, and we became those guys and now we're the old guys so <laughs> so, so you got you i mean you guys were legit you guys were legit 
legit and everybody knew who you were everybody knew your nights everybody who was in that age bracket has gone to one of your events i mean i can't even imagine anybody not and uh, so how long how long were you specifically in six one seven? and when did you leave um yeah there wasn't no, no in or out i think we officially started in 2000 2001 right around that time um and then i kind of gave up because i was doing my own projects you know on the side and, and working further and consulting so that was probably like six years ago um but we still do events together you know that we do new year's events uh, we run a website that we've been doing for 20 years called bostonnye.com and we do probably 20 to 25 new year's eve parties annually so there's 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 parallels of our worlds but you know i kind of branched off and did more the corporate event planning party planning uh dealing with companies like amazon you know most recently with covid uh and i i know i'm bouncing around a little bit we had to all pivot right and, and this is funny that we're on this platform i was doing probably Probably five or six mixology-based events for major corporations on Zoom calls like this. So I'd hire awesome. mixologists and chefs and and just different experiential stuff. So that that was my forte. But for me, it's all the same. You throw a party, you throw an event. You do a mixology thing, you do a Zoom call, you build a restaurant, you build a nightclub. It's it, There's all the, the, the basic fundamental elements, right? It's it's ambiance, it's food and beverage if, if you're going the food direction, it's staffing, it's attention to detail, it's music, it's all of that, right? It doesn't matter what the, what the, what the genre is or, or, or what the medium is, right? It's all the same stuff procedurally. You know where you have to start, you know where you have to get and there's a bunch of stuff all the way in the middle that gets you there so so the, so the infrastructure attention to detail so yeah the infrastructure basically is selling experiences it's all about selling experience it, it doesn't matter if if it's a, a muzuki uh event it doesn't matter if it's a, a big dj it doesn't matter if it's a, a dinner you know I, I think it's about ultimately our philoxenia right going back to who we are as as humanity and as greeks it's it's about being inviting and your filotimo and, and all of that. It's about right. touching the people that I was touching when I was 17, but now they're all older and we're, we're giving them a reason to go out and do some more stuff. Well, so. wow. that's, that's awesome. That's, it's just to hear, you know, things that were not just cool to talk about, but that were literally part of my world and part of Foti's world. And to go back and like kind of hear it from the people who were there and doing it is like a really cool thing. So, okay. So and, you you guys did uh, sorry for yeah, I, I was gonna, I was just going to mention and to do all this and to be able to function this way I think it takes very unique individuals who are wired Oh yeah in a certain way to put this on because listen, How many people tried to do promotions? Right. How many people well, tried to start their own thing? Well, like every single kid tried listen, to be a promoter. Listening to Frankie discuss the journey sounds like oh this is so cool but the behind the scenes of what goes into everything that he just mentioned is a whole different world in itself and the fact that you mentioned those sleepless nights and you know the way that you know your brain is functioning it does take i think not think i know so unique individuals to take anything to this level to be able to produce and fulfill the experiences because as you mentioned ari we've been not just you know part of some of them but there's also something that we're aware of failures that are out there because it's one thing to want to do it and it's one thing to be cut out to do it yeah listen i've had my share of failures too it's not all a 
a success story. You just, if, if you have the drive and yes, there's a little crazy involved too and, and a little creativity, but you, if you want to pursue anything, it doesn't have to be in this world. You have to have that and you have to have the know-how to do so and, and to keep pushing. Right. And I, I think, I think you really need to know and understand people. Maybe today it's a little different because it's all behind a digital screen. Yeah. But when you were, where you, when you were at your peak, like you had to be somebody who understood people, who knew how to work with people, who knew how to communicate with people, who knew how to like make people feel good and sexy and like really. I don't want to say sell it, but like sell your product. Your product was experience. And that doesn't change today. The problem is now you have to know the algorithm. And now you have to know, you know, what days the messaging has to go out to get the optimal viewership. So it is still psychological, but you have to use the technology to manipulate that touching of people. And and that's that's a whole other angos that you get. You know what I'm saying? That you got to time things and think about them in that manner versus I'd rather just come over there and talk to you and shake your hand and tell you what I have going on, you know? Wow. Okay. So you said you pivoted, you kind of went more corporate, which in my opinion is absolutely what you should have done because going corporate is, uh, I think it's, it's a, it's a great field to be in because, you know, everybody out there knows, you know, you're doing events and then you're doing corporate events. You get a little older, a little wiser. Corporate events are like the best thing. They are, I, I, they are, but you know, I, I always, it's always, the grass is always greener on the other side <laughs> of the side too you have less creativity, right? So, and they, they're, they're great for what they are, but they also have their, their lane and their limitations. So if you can mix and match, I think that's the, the best because I'm, I'm a creative guy. That's kind of where I probably flourish the most. But sometimes I, I need to test my creativity. Okay, so now we're, we're, we're coming up to kind of more current times. And now we could get back into asking you, uh, you mentioned something about uh, North End and putting something together. Can you just give us as much info as you can and give us a, like what's going on, what you're doing? Yeah, that's funny. Uh, it's funny that we come full circle to Salem because this is where this idea kind of <laughs> came from. So I signed on with a group, uh, Top Floor Entertainment. Uh, they're a hospitality group looking to kind of take over not only restaurants, bars, hotels. Um, you know, there's, there's a really wide net of ambition there. I'm, I'm kind of their general manager acting COO uh, and we're doing this one concept. They, they own a piece of property on Salem Street, 54 Salem Street, and they had looked at it, you know, before I was involved and, you know, it wasn't necessarily to scale of what they wanted to do. And I said, let's take a look at it, you know, and uh, I had this, I have a bunch of concepts. I, I have a million ideas that I've papered and put together presentations for. And uh, when I saw it, I go, this is, you know, it's small. It's about 1200 square feet but it has a beautiful patio outside that we're going to use it's on salem street so naturally the lights went off and i said look i had this concept it was called the new england witchcraft company not it's more of a tongue-in-cheek we're not trying to make a halloween place out of it but witch, as in w-i-c-h which is like sandwiches Ah, craft as in craft beer i owned a place called stoddard's for 11 years and we had closed down in october prior to the pandemic really sad situational stuff with landlords that are out of the country that weren't necessarily helping us but that's all 
you know, history or whatnot. And, you know, with the pivot, this opportunity arose and I'm like, we're on Salem Street. It makes sense. Let's roll this out. And they love the idea. And I've been embedded from, I mean, we took over the place September, around September 11th, give or take a few days. We didn't actually own it outright till October 1st. Uh, we are now sitting at November 15th, past inspections, and we're ready to open in a week. Um, so I flipped the place in, you know, a little over two months um, and complete transformation, fully staffed. We're doing really, really cool craft cocktails uh, with our limited license. We do have a, a cordials license like most of the North End, but nobody will know the difference. Uh, really exceptional beer and wine program. Not so much the wine, uh, uh, exceptional beer program. We're going to start filtering in the wine program, but our namesake lends itself to the beer and, and the sandwich part. And I'm really super proud of the food menu. This is not something you're not going to a roast beef shop. You're not getting a steak and cheese and there's nothing wrong with that. We're doing some really super, super gourmet foods. I have too many uh, on the menu. We're touching things from Asia, Korea, little little homage to, to little Italy, but we're, we're, we're all over the map and, and the price points are a little bit higher. This is literally dinner in between or on top of bread and you're getting two sides with it. You know, you're probably looking at something between the $19 and $27 mark. I have too many lobsters that are done two different ways. And it's literally, it's it's a feast. You're going to go home with food for the next day and you're going to tell your friends about it. And more importantly, you're going to be able to take pictures of it on Instagram and so all your friends can see it. <laughs> yeah. That's, so do you, do you, yeah. so is there, is there a website yet or a handle it's, yeah, or anything it's, you it's, 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 it's still in development on, on the full scale, but it is witchcraft. That's W-I-C-H-C-R-A-F-T, boston.com. Nice. Okay. And witch, witchcraft, B-O-S on all the social channels. Awesome. I'll also share that in the notes of the video and podcast. But uh, that sounds amazing. That's yeah. so you guys are you're opening. You said in two weeks, probably probably right on or around Thanksgiving. Yeah. Wow. And uh, and Frankie, you we had mentioned before off air. It's you know dine in. Dine in. I guess there's a new thing in the city of Boston that I wasn't aware of because of COVID. You you need a takeout license now, and that takes a few months. So we haven't applied for that. Eventually, we're going to get into catering and and things of that nature and then come late april we're building a beautiful kind of beer and wine garden we're going to offer charcuterie boards if you're going to a concert at the garden or a game or anything it's overlooking the entire city you have the clock tower to the left all the way to the zakem bridge it's the best patio in the north end by far wow that sounds amazing yeah so I can't hard. wait. I can't wait until you're open and I get to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Who do we need to call to get in there when there's <laughs> well, you're talking to him? The, 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 the other footy. Right? Oh man. That, that, that's crazy. amazing. So, you know, we we got into very light kind of into your life and details, but it was and is a pretty impressive journey that you took. And like I said, if you're anywhere if you were anywhere near Boston at a certain time frame, I mean, you guys were the guys. Like every, that, That's why I, I open up this podcast by saying, you probably already know them, so it's not like you, we're introducing you to somebody new. But I, I was a lot skinnier back then. <laughs> but at least they could get into a little more detail of some things maybe they didn't know and where you are now. And, you know, hopefully yeah. it, it's, it's you know, people learn and, and can just partake in what you're doing. Because if 
there's going to be quality. I definitely think somebody like you is, is the guy to do it because, you know, you, you bring down. me like some 25-year-old. I'm not going to be yeah, too... Uh... And, and that's why I think, like, the experience of going out has changed, too. It's not about nightclubs anymore. Yes, those do exist. But I think people want more of the intimate barea, right? They want they want to be able to nibble on some food and have some cocktails and, and talk. And that that's kind of where I'm transitioning towards. Granted, if there's ever an opportunity, I, I'm all ears or, or, or looking for, for the next big thing. But I think small boutique intimate stuff is kind of where these kids are at. And, and people certainly aren't drinking like they were when me and you were going out in Montreal. <laughs> um, the, the reality is there's a more health conscious consumer out there. We're offering things that are, you know, mocktails or even healthier options that it's more about the social aspect. And then again, I hate to keep harping on it, the Instagrammable aspects and all of that. Well, uh, but, that's life, you know. You, but, but these kids, these kids are waking up to go to yoga classes and doing experiences like that at eight in the morning. They're not, you know, drinking till, you know, they can't drink anymore too, like we used to. So you have to pivot that way too. Good point. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely true. Everything that you're saying. And I, it's not that I have that much experience with the younger generations, but I, from any experience I have, they are not living their lives the way we used to. And, no, and, no. and it's probably good. What'd you say, Fati? I'm sure that they're better off than we are because the fact that oh, we, we were probably a train wreck the way that we were, <laughs> we were, you know, we were living back then. But that's a good point that you bring up, Frankie, that we live in a different world and we're catering and adjusting to the times. And for whatever you know, it's worth. It's there's still great um, opportunities. There's still great. It's still a great scene. And it's uh, you know the creativity that you mentioned before. It's at its all time high with, with what we're seeing. What's happening out there. It, it has to be. There's way too many options. And I'm sorry to cut you off. There, there's way too many options. So not only has your service has to be on point, the experience has to be on point. But, you know, the options have to come and, and change. And, and, you know, people's opinions change quicker. They, they don't they don't know what they're doing from day to day. So you have to keep the menu kind of fresh and, and perspectives fresh and keep them interested as, as frequently as you change your Instagram profile hate to keep harping on that but <laughs> those are the things that these kids are looking for and that's why you know some of the old timers you know can't keep up in, in the restaurant world too good points all very good points so um, we obviously will be seeing you there we'll be coming there but we wish you all the luck in the world because it sounds like a fantastic concept we you. know you as a as an entrepreneur and as a, a hospitality guy we know you know what you're doing so like there's no question that it's going to be great so we wish you all the best and we just want to say Thank you so much for, I mean, I, I'm sure you were like busy all day with the restaurant and for taking the time out to be with us. Anything aside from the restaurant that you want to like talk about or is, is the restaurant your main focus right now? Uh, it's my main focus right now, but you know, I, I, I do want to say, you know, just check in on your friends out there. I, I know there's a lot of people with mental issues and anguish and, and we, we lost a friend of ours that was a graphic designer that actually designed our logo and there was no, you know, tell telltale signs of it. And, and you know, uh, mental illness is, is real. Just check in on your friends, say hi, even people you haven't talked to in a long time it's it really hit home you know so 
I think, you know, sometimes we're stubborn Greeks and, and, and we have the old, old school mentality. And I, I tend to not be that guy. I always have reached out and just checked in with people, but do so more these days because people are in a different level. Yeah, that, that's a very good point. And, you know, uh, not to go off track, but someone actually did that yesterday who called me out of the blue that I haven't talked to in years just to it, check in on me. It felt good, right? Oh, it's like I, it was weird in the beginning, but afterwards when I got off the phone, it touched me in a way that like, you know what? We need more of this. So yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Good for you, Frank. Oh, good. Well, so this is not the last time, right, Ari? We're gonna bring No, absolutely not, back. because if if I know Frankie, like there's there'll be plenty of stuff just with his restaurant and plenty of other stuff outside of the restaurant that we'll be able to talk about. But we just want to kind of touch base with you, kind of reconnect with you. I mean, we've seen you here and there and, and talked to you here and there, but it's nice to get you like face, well, virtual face to face, but it's nice to hear from you. And it's nice to know that you're still involved and you're still doing really cool things. And, you know, we're behind you. We support everything you do. And we want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Absolutely. So thank you guys for the continued support. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. All right. So we just want to say thanks again to Frank to Frankie and to Foti and thank all you guys for watching and listening stay tuned for the next episode all of Frankie's uh his restaurant's website handles everything will be in the notes as well so you could kind of keep track of that follow it uh Instagram I think Instagram pays you or something because you mentioned Instagram like 18 times (laughs) but (laughs) thanks again Frankie thank you everybody out there and we will see you guys next time (laughs) 